Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Short Story Long, another Wednesday morning, which means another story, another episode, another little bit of inspiration, especially on a Wednesday morning when some of you might really need a good inspiring story to listen to. I have that for you this week. This week I sat down with my friend Nick Diamond. I got a lot of requests when I was asking people who I should interview and whose story they'd like to hear for Nick Diamond's story. Um, For those of you who don't know, he created the brand Diamond Supply Co., which started off as a skateboard uh, hardware company and turned into a streetwear clothing phenomenon explosion clothing brand. So Nick has a really good story from growing up skateboarding and just being a normal kid skating and getting into trouble and trying to figure out his sort of path through life to figuring it out and to having massive, massive success with Diamond. So for everyone asking, I think this is what you were looking for. There's a lot of good stories in here, a lot of good stuff that I've never heard anywhere else, and, and I think you'll enjoy it. And for all of you who, who aren't familiar with Nick Diamond or aren't familiar with Diamond Supply Co., I think you'll still enjoy this story. So here it is. Without further ado, short story long, Nick Diamond. The hardest part is figuring out what you want to master. Focus on your product. Can you tell somebody that they suck? You gotta just go for this it. This is exactly what I wanna do for a living. You can't even tell somebody that their breath stinks. You know what I mean? It could take your whole life and then you find your worth. The product is number one. If it's geared, you should probably do good it. Good content is good content. That is the coolest shit I have ever seen in my life. Alright, Nikki Diamonds, welcome to Short Story Long. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course, man. I appreciate you coming down here, especially in the middle of this election chaos that we're watching silently on the TV screen behind us. So let's get right into it, man. What what was childhood like for a young Nikki Diamonds in San Francisco? Um, I was born in Santa Cruz, actually, but we were um, we lived in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then when I was three, we moved to San Jose, and from there. Um, Regular shit kids do, ride bikes, skateboards. I got my first skateboard when I was probably like five, a little plastic skateboard. Yeah. And then um, by the time, I, you know, I did everything. I played soccer, I played baseball, football, all that stuff, rode BMX bikes. And then by the time I was 10, I just threw it all aside and just wanted to ride my skateboard. Yeah. Did you have a brother? Yeah. And what did my, he do? My brother's Joey. Same shit, soccer, all that stuff, regular kid stuff, and then... We started skating around the same time. At the same time. Is he older than you? He's two years older than me. Got it. And what was like family life like? Did your parents try to force you to do anything in particular, like school stuff or sports stuff, or you just kind of did whatever you wanted? Um, I never really liked school. That yeah. was like my whole deal is that I just wanted to skate, especially by the time I was 10. Mm-hmm. I like kind of just threw school aside altogether and wanted to skateboard. And I was like a rebel kid. And, yeah. you know, I wasn't like from like... I mean, I love my parents, but, you know, we I didn't grow up really great. Yeah. Um, so by the time I was 14, um, just being a skater and a rebellious skater, I ended up um, in juvenile hall, like, my whole life from 10 to 14. And then by the time I was 14, I went to a group home in San Francisco. Yeah, that's crazy. So, and that was just from fucking around and skating and just skipping school and shit? Yeah, just, you know, doing bad shit that kids yeah. do. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> from there, um, I was in San Jose. So, you know, um, Embarcadero was just starting to pop off. Um, I went there a couple times on the train. 
prior to that with my friends. Um, and uh, so when they said you can go to like this boys um, ranch for a year or go to a group home in San Francisco till I'm 18, I was like, I'll go to San Francisco and yeah. skate. And what is a group home exactly? It's like um, it's just a house. Uh-huh. So there's a house, and they have counselors. They're usually like college kids as the counselors, and uh-huh. just a bunch of fucked up kids yeah. living in a house that have like bad families and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and they let you just go skate and stuff too. I did nothing but skate <laughs> yeah. while I was there. Yeah. I never went to school. I never did shit. Yeah. Um, so I got kicked out of every group home that I was in. Um, I went to every like I went to like ten different group homes um, because I just you know. I was the same. Yeah. I had no supervision. College yeah. kids that were taking psychology and shit would be like our counselors. Yeah, which is But terrible. they'd be smoking weed, whatever. I'd be smoking weed with them. Yeah. So, um... What a fucked up, like... <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's go send them with these kids. Yeah. Maybe they'll solve it. <laughs> so, at that point, all I really had was, um... My friends at Embarcadero that I skated with. And is that like the Mike Carrolls and the... Yeah, Mike Carroll, um, Rick Ibiceta, Javante Turner, um, Greg Carroll... That's crazy. Um, James Kelch, Henry Sanchez. You were part of, of like such a legendary. Yeah, none of us knew that any of that was going to happen, obviously. Yeah. Um, when I first moved there, um, I went to high school. They put me in this high school called Lincoln. And my first day of school, uh, I met this guy named Rick Abiceta, uh-huh. who's um He ended up becoming a pro skater um, later on, but uh, he took me skating the very first day of school. He just came up to me, and he's like, you skate? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, let's go skate after school. And I was like, cool. Uh-huh. So we went skating, and he was the best skater I've ever seen in my life. Um, he jumped on a handrail yeah. for the first time I've ever seen. He's like, yeah, this guy named Julian Stranger board slides down these handrails. I'm like, yeah, right. And then he goes for it. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This guy's crazy. Nice. He's doing, like, cradle snatchers off the wall, like, doing all kinds of crazy shit yeah. that i never seen before. Um and then uh, during that time, actually that day that he took me skating is how I met Mike Carroll for the first time because he was like, let's go to the school G&E. My friends are going to come and they're going to bring a launch ramp. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay. So we go there. And um, it was Mike Carroll, Greg Carroll, and Javante Turner yep. and this guy named Stuart Way. And we skated the jump ramp and they were amazing. And Mike was doing ollie grabs off the jump ramp and I'd never seen anyone do that before. Yeah. And I was, like, blown away. You were pretty good, too, though, right? I mean, I was pretty good, I guess, yeah. or back then in my day. Were you, like, were you like keeping up with them in the early days, or did you, from the beginning, were you like, these guys are on some other shit? Um, they were on some other shit because of where we grew up skating. Because I was skating in San Jose. They were growing up skating in San Francisco, and maybe they were more exposed to, like, yeah. pros and shit, like Tommy Guerrero and yep. Bryce Knights and, you know, all the guys that would come to San Francisco to skate. And videos, you know, there wasn't internet back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd only go off what I'd see in the magazines and videos that would come out like once a year or longer. Yeah. So um, anyway, so after the whole school shit, you know, I just never went to school, barely. Um, Got kicked out of every high school. Got kicked out of all my group homes. Where were you living? Like, when you, would you just live with the skater homies when you weren't? Well, I'd get kicked out of a group home and go put into a different one. Go to a different one. Okay. And I'd be in juvenile hall all the time, too. Yeah. So I'd go from, like, group home to juvenile hall to group home yeah. to and what out age, my what homies. And what age up until when? Um, well, all the way till I was 18, I was doing Crazy. this. And then uh, 
when I uh, it's just crazy because all I would do is skate. We would just go to Embarcadero, hang out. Did you ever think like you were going to be pro? Like, was that your goal when you were younger? Um, no, I mean, obviously, every kid when they skate, they like that's the dream of I just want to skate forever and I'm going to be a pro skater and yeah. I don't give a fuck about anything else. Yeah. So that was like. But you didn't think like this is about like for me. No. This is the thing for me. It was my dream absolute dream but i always kind of knew like i got pretty good but i just wasn't yeah i wasn't there yeah you know what i mean my brother was way better than me i was like man i just i knew pretty early like i gotta find a different path here yeah kind of the same thing with me later on i just grew you know i grew up skating in embarcadero um all the media went there um embarcadero blew up it was called the mecca of skateboarding in the early 90s yeah um, everyone from all over the world would move to San Francisco just to skate with us yeah. um, in the EMB crew. Yep. So that was my family. Um, basically, it was just us, and we would just stay there all day, all night, drinking 40, smoking weed, skateboarding, just being kids. Yeah, yeah. So um, I moved great. to Sacramento, actually. And um, after when I turned 18, my dad moved to San Francisco, and he was like, I'm going to um, – get this apartment on ninth avenue and you can come live with me so i was like dope so i went and lived with them on ninth avenue which was um it's on this hill it's a notorious it's like a famous hill and there's a bus that goes up it up it um and it was basically like a ski lift because uh, so we'd all pile on the bus go up to the top of the hill and skate down it was in like dope. a bunch of videos and shit but i lived actually on the hill that's so dope. me and my brother were known as like these gnarly hill like bombers. hill bombers because <laughs> yeah. we were so used to we do it every day yeah so we'd uh, we'd bomb all the hills and shit when did you decide like i'm gonna start a company was, um, that, when you, was that around that time no okay so at that time i moved to um my dad was like after a year of us living at that house he's like i'm moving um to santa cruz um i'm 18 but he's like what are you gonna do i'm like i don't know and he's like well i have this house he bought a house for like a hundred thousand dollars back in the day in um sacramento okay and he had like my aunt living in it or something yeah i'm like i don't know what the fuck to do and then i was like i'll just go live in the house in sacramento yeah with my aunt so i went there and then she didn't like me being there and she ended up moving in with um one of like my other aunt so then I had this house for two years in Sacramento by myself. That's dope. And they just opened up this skate park called the Daily Grind. Well, before that, I was already sponsored and shit. Gotcha. Like I was skating for Vans, um, Think Skateboards. So that's like dream come true. You have a house, you have sponsors. Yeah. yeah. So by the time I moved there, I was like skating for Think, I skated for Vans, I skated for Independent. Um, so I'd just get free shit sent to me all the time, and I'd sell all of it. Yeah. You know, and that's how I was making money. And I had, like, my own wheels and shit, so I had, like, Nick Terche, Think Wheels, so oh, I'd get wow. a little bit of money for that. Do you still have any of those? Um, yeah, I got some. That's dope. They're all like, fucking yellow now. Yeah, no, that's good for the house. Yeah, so there was a skate park there, so I'd skate there, and um, we'd have contests, and started traveling around doing the whole contest shit. Um I don't know, man. It was just a crazy time. But while I was working for, I mean, skating for Think, um, I'd always give them ideas Uh for new products. Yeah. And um, I felt like every time I'd give them an idea for something new, they'd make it and it'd be like their best-selling shit. Yeah. Like what type of shit? Like for new new hats or grip tape? Like shit for new hats or new button-up shirt ideas like zip-up flannel. Like I feel like I made up the zip-up flannel. I bought a... a, um, 
I bought his long zipper at some store, and I took off all the buttons, and I sewed it onto a flannel. Yeah. I was like, look, zip up flannel. And, and then they made it. Yeah, and it went wild, and then it became like this big trend throughout the world, zip yeah. up flannel back in the day. That's anyway, crazy. I feel like I made that up. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, though. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I just felt like, you know, I was doing, like, what I was doing, people were liking, and um, I kept getting hurt, like, all the time. Yeah. Um, got entered into the what is it called back to the city um pro skate contest gotcha um they called my name and i was too scared to go out there so i didn't skate yeah and then um my board was about to that, come man. out yeah. um i had a board about to come out for think and um i don't know at that time i wasn't even like tripping off being a pro skater i mean i just felt like that's just what i was doing yeah you know, that's just what Is my that what, like, the was. friends were doing, too? So Everyone was pro. Like, yeah. All my friends were pro. Like, yeah. all of them. All my friends were pro skaters at the time. Yeah, yeah. So. And the majority of your money was still coming from just selling your free shit. Selling my free shit, and I'd yeah. go down to Spitfire. I skated for Spitfire as well. So I was on Think, Independent, um, Spitfire, Vans, and um, FTC Skate Shop, whatever. But um, I'd get all this free product, and I would sell it, especially the Spitfire wheels. They were in sf so i'd go get boxes full of all the defective wheels yeah um huge boxes full of defective wheels i'd tie them all together with a string set of wheels and i'd go down to barcadero and there'd be hundreds of kids skating every day and i'd just sit there with this box of wheels and sell them for 20 dollars <laughs> yeah. a pop yeah so That's a good deal yeah <laughs> so i'd sell <laughs> wheels for 20 bucks and i had endless amounts of these wheels so i'd make at least 100 200 bucks a day so yeah. i was chilling that's great um that was before Sacramento. Then Sacramento, um, I would just sell the product that they'd give me. Yeah. You know, I'd skate my boards to death, and they'd send me, like, you know, five or six boards, ten boards a month or whatever, and I'd yeah. just sell them all. And that's how I'd make money. It's but, interesting um, that you had, like, such an early, like, early instincts to not only create product, but also to be a hustler. Yeah, I've you know always I mean? been, ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Ever since even when I was, like, a little kid going to juvenile hall and shit, I was, like, selling weed. Yeah. I, like, even though I didn't have money to buy weed, I knew older people that sold weed. So I'd go to their house, and I'd get, like, all their shake from, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. their pounds of weed. I'd get, like, these big bags of shake, and I'd roll joints. Yeah. And I'm, like, 11, 10, 11 years old. <laughs> I'd roll all these joints, hundreds of them, and I'd fucking just sell them to kids at school. That's crazy. Yeah. I was like, whatever. It's funny because people always ask me, like, do you think entrepreneurs <laughs> are ma uh, born or made? Or, you know, did you have early entrepreneur? But my shit was all like that, right? And all like just selling bike parts to get a new bike and having yard sales. And like, I think that for a lot of like entrepreneurial type people, like that's the early signs. You know what I mean? Is that sort of like self-sufficient? Yeah. Like I'm going to sell my shit or piece shit together. Yeah, I've always been like that. That yeah. was like my thing. That's um, interesting. I was always selling shit. So how did that transition to starting um, a business i kept getting hurt skating like really bad um when my board was about to come out um i fucked up my ankle and i couldn't skate for six months mm -hmm. and um after that um i don't know they like gave the board to somebody else um josh swindell actually okay so um, josh swindell got his board and um I was just waiting, you know, I didn't think anything of it, but then whenever I'd skate, my ankle was so fucked up, I'd twist it again. Yeah. Um, like, because all the ligaments were jacked, and yeah. I didn't have money to go to the fucking hospital, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, I don't know, I just kind of, like, faded out of it a little bit, but then I did actually enter a contest um, in San Francisco, and I won first place. Like, really? after I was already kind of just, you know. Over it. Over it. Yeah. yeah, I won, and that was like that was really cool. So I'm in Thrasher, like you know, 
first place, whatever, in the yeah. fucking magazine. Yeah. Um, that was tight. That's dope. Yeah, but I was kind of already, like, trying to figure out some other shit to do, and I just felt like I was always really creative. Whatever, for some reason, I ended up, mo- well, I moved back to San Francisco. Uh-huh. Um, I moved in with Mike and Greg Carroll, and I slept on their floor downstairs. It was me, Mike Carroll, Greg Carroll, and Sean Sheffy. We all lived in this house together in That's Daly crazy. City. Yeah. And man, Sheffy Sean Sheffy. The man. Yeah. Yeah. And they had a mini ramp in their backyard, and we'd skate that and skate every day. And um, I was doing that for a while. And a um, couple years, I was in San Francisco, and then I moved to Santa Cruz to live with my dad for a year. And during that time, um, I had a friend that he wanted to start some sort of, like, bolt company. Yeah. Why and, bolts? Bolts because, I don't know, nobody was really doing them. Yeah. Um, so we talked about an idea, like what we could do different, and we came up with the idea of doing double Allen key bolts. So the actual nut had a hole in the top, an Allen key hole in the top of the nut, and the screw had an Allen key. Yeah. So, and the idea was because when I would always skate in Embarcadero, it was during the time when everyone would just focus their board. Yeah. Like, you don't fucking land a trick. You focus your board. You get a new one, whatever, because everyone got free boards. Yeah. Um, we'd always just take off the trucks and put the new um, yeah. Yeah. trucks on the new board. Yeah. So why carry around tools for that when you, all you need is two little Allen keys? Yeah. So that was the whole idea. Um, That's pretty crazy. I remember when that came out. Like when I, I forget how old I was, but I remember when that came out. And like it, I mean, it worked. Yeah, it was a great idea. Yeah, so, um, so I came up with this idea with this guy, and he ended up getting married and bailed somewhere, and I pursued it for like a couple of years. I was trying to make this bolt happen. So it's just you, <clears throat> just me yeah. at this time. And what are you doing? Are you like going around to the people you know in the industry, like asking for help, trying to figure the shit out, or uh, kinda. Um, Fausto was helping me a lot. Fausto Vitello from uh-huh. Thrasher. Uh-huh. He was kind of like a mentor of mine. Yep. Because um, I knew him from skating for Think and all these companies all these years. So um, he was actually going to help me do it. Um, I was asking him to do it, but he's like, you know what, man? You're never going to make any money like this yeah. if, if we do it for you. Because we're going to give you a small percentage of the sales. Yeah. You should just start selling the shit out of your trunk and then grow it organically yeah and that was the best advice anyone ever gave me yeah so um was it called diamond already uh at first it was called dome cap hardware uh-huh uh, i never <laughs> thank made god anything. you didn't stick to that yeah so <laughs> that was the name that i was thinking of because of the dome cap like right away yeah because i'm not thinking like clothing or anything at the time i'm just thinking bolts yeah bolts to put on your skateboard so whatever it could be called anything yeah when I decided to make the bolts, I was going around to just factories, calling factories, trying to get this damn bolt made. Um, nobody knew how to make it. I moved back to San Francisco. I moved in with Greg Carroll. Yeah. Um, I was like, he's like, dude, try to fucking make this thing happen. I was in San Francisco, and me and Greg were driving around one night, and I was like, okay, I need to think of a different name for this company. Um, you just I, knew that Dome Cap wasn't it? Yeah. I just, <laughs> just knew. Like, like, because man, I was I thinking need... something bigger. Yeah. Because I did start thinking, like, what about T-shirts yeah. and hats and all that shit? Like, what are people going to wear to go along with this hardware if it's going to be a real company? And um, the good thing about Diamond, well, how it happened was that um, we were driving. I remember we were driving down the street in the Tenderloin in San Francisco, and it was during a time 
um, when the Tenderloin, it still is not a good neighborhood, but it was really bad. And there's just like, I remember it vividly. It was nighttime and there's just like prostitutes all over and um, drug dealers and all these people and we're driving down the street. And um, I was like, man, it's so fucked up around here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, we're listening to the radio and that song, um, Smooth Operator by Sade came on the radio. Yeah. And the first thing she says in the song, she says, Diamond Life. Uh-huh. And I was like, Diamond Life, that's tight. That's crazy. And I was like, yo, we need to live the diamond life and not be around any of this crazy shit that's ever. Nuts. Yeah, and that's how the name came about. So um, That's crazy. Like, yeah. So I was like, damn. Because that's not only the you, name, Sade. but that's like the whole like brand. You yeah, like, hit all everything. Hit you in that it moment. came from Sade. Yeah. And just the environment that we were in at the time. And when I heard Diamond Life, I was like, that's dope. Yeah. So um, that's how the name came about. And then I made that. Um, I called my boy Al. Um, we were working on some other shit before he was kind of showing me how to do graphics. Yeah. Um, for a few years, I was already fucking around doing graphic design. Um, for no brand at all. I was actually just, just fucking around. coming up with shit. Yeah. yeah. Designs and stuff. Um, so he worked, I mean, he went to Academy Art in San Francisco. So I hit him the next day. I was like, dude, you got to help me make this logo for Diamond. Yeah. He's like, what's Diamond? I'm like, it's my new brand, bro. Like, <laughs> come on, come on over. <laughs> yeah. So I came over and he was like, um, handwrite Diamond five times. And I was like, all right. So I wrote Diamond five times on a piece of paper and he scanned it in because I didn't know how to use a scanner. Yeah. And then um, that was it, the logo that you see now. This is Diamond Supply Co. Yeah. That's my handwriting. Diamond, That's crazy. From the very next day after I um, came up with the idea. That's nuts. So um, we scanned it in and then I was like, yeah, it's a bolt company. And out of nowhere, I don't know where I came up with it. I was just like, put Supply Co. down on the bottom. Yeah. Like, let's just, I'm making supplies for skateboards. Yeah. So Supply Co. And um, that's how I was born. So that was the logo. I went my, luckily my other homie had a print shop um, called Print Time in San Francisco, Skid. And he was from EMB too. Um, so right away I made t-shirts. Yeah. I still didn't have the bolts. They yeah, that's weren't, what I was gonna ask. Yeah, Did the you? bolts weren't working yet. Um, I worked on the bolts for two years. The, the um, diamond was actually out for two years before the bolts came that's out. That's crazy. Yeah, so I started. And that, were you just handing out shirts or like what were you doing? Yeah, so basically I was making t shirts, sweatshirts, and hats. Yeah. Um, I was getting hats embroidered with the logo. I had like three different t shirt graphics. And were you just going around to like local printers and getting whatever you could? The hats, I forgot where I was getting the hats made. I think I was, I was buying blank. The first hats were flex fits. So I would buy blank flex, flex fits and then get them embroidered somewhere in San Francisco, some Got little it. Chinese spot. Yeah. Um, downtown San Francisco. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I was doing. But Kent from FTC um, Skate Shop, I used to actually work at FTC too, part-time. I'd work there sometimes for years, gotcha. um, on and off. Um, he was like, man, you know, I got a distributor in Japan, so maybe they'll be interested in this. And then, sure enough, they were. And so my first people I was selling to was FTC, and then I had a distribution in Japan. That's crazy. Out of nowhere. Did you have, like, a skate team yet? Yeah. So my it. skate so, team was crazy. It was yeah. all my friends for being me. Yeah, so you just had like all yeah, stars. Yeah, so I came out with this flyer of um, the bolt samples that kind of worked, but it had this crazy team list. So everyone was tripping on it. And in all the magazines for two years before it came out, it'd be like Mike Carroll, Mike York, Stevie Williams, all these people rocking these diamond shirts. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the fuck is diamond? Uh, yeah. So um, I think our next account was Supreme in New York. 
and then so we had FTC, Supreme. How'd you get um, Supreme? Because I knew them. Yeah. Um, because I used to skate with all those guys before Supreme existed, like Harold Hunter and Jeff Pang and Peter B.C. and yeah. all the OG Supreme guys. Um, they used to come to San Francisco, Got it. and we were friends, and we'd skate together, and I'd go to New York, whatever. Yep. We'd um, all skate, and then in, yeah, 94, Supreme came, and so that was like the FTC, because FTC was already around. We had FTC, yeah. and like now the they New had York. Supreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, there's FTC, West Coast, and Supreme. Um, East Coast. Yeah, that's dope. That was like our cruise. Yeah. Um, started selling it at Supreme T-shirts and shit, and um, then after that, just a bunch of skate shops. I started selling to skate shops, random. I was shipping them from FTC. Um, nice. I'd get all the T-shirts made. I'd have them in my apartment in the hallway, and then when I get an order, I'd bring them all to FTC and pack them all up and ship the shit out. And were you just like calling people, or how were you getting the orders? Um, yeah, Kent was helping me, and I was doing it. Um, I was selling to some stores in Sacramento. Yeah. It wasn't that many accounts. Yeah. Um, super small. And still no bolts. Still no bolts. Yeah. bolts so were you happen. tripping at this point? Because you were like, this isn't a clothing line, this is a bolt company? Or were you like, this is Yeah, dope. everyone was tripping, like, what is this? Where's the bolts? Yeah. And it just started off being like this clothing thing, yeah. like from the gate. So, which um, a lot of people don't know that. No, I didn't know that at all. We were doing T-shirts, sweatshirts, and hats, yeah. and belts, too, for a long time, for two years, from 98 to 2000. In 2000, um, Mike Carroll hit me up. He lived in L.A. at the time, and he's the owner of Girl Skateboards. Yeah. So they had Girl Skateboards, Chocolate Skateboards, Royal Trucks, um, Four Star Clothing. He called me, and he's like, man, this diamond shit's sick. Like... We want to help you do this. Would you move to L.A. to do Diamond? And I was like, it was the craziest shit I ever did in my life. I had a girlfriend and everything. Uh-huh. And I just fucking packed up all my shit that night uh-huh. in my apartment and rented a U-Haul and drove to L.A. Did you break up with your girlfriend? I just left her in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, fuck it. I'll whatever it takes to get yeah. this thing going. The very next day, I just broke out. That's um, and I came to L.A. and I didn't, I, you know, I knew my skater homies, but I yeah. didn't know shit about L.A. I only been to L.A. a couple times before. Yeah. Um, so did you just stay with them? <clears throat> stay with Mike at first. It was Mike, um, Tony Ferguson, and Chico Brennan's all lived together. Got it. So I lived with them. And then um, I got an apartment and I had an office in their warehouse, literally a desk in the corner of their um, shipping area. And that was Diamond Supply Cup. That was Diamond Supply Cup. Yeah. That's and uh, yeah, so I worked on it for another year to get the bolts done. But they started selling the t shirts for me all over the world. Yeah. Because now I had distribution yeah. through Girl. Um, and they were killing it. But the problem was is that they weren't helping me financially. Yeah with it they were like okay flip product basically they're just going to distribute it and then why do you think that they and not i know there's no hard feelings with those guys i'm not saying that but why do you think that they didn't bring it on more full steam did they just they didn't understand i mean mike did um mike and rick howard they understood but megan i don't know maybe she just didn't really understand what i was trying to do yeah and she just thought of it as some little thing yeah and it was no big deal but um everything I was making was selling out like super fast. Yeah. Basically what happened was that, um, I was there for six years doing this. Um, there was all this hype around diamond. Um, so in that time the bolts came out, the bolts came out, but we, we put out, um, the, 
the invention uh-huh. bolts. We put them out one time, and there was a lot of complaints because the way that the bolts were made, um, we couldn't figure out how to put a the Loctite inside. Got so it. they had to like, we had to drill a hole and like put the Loctite in it that way, and then you could only use it once. Got once it. you took them off, they it was wouldn't like stripped. Yeah, they wouldn't work again. Got it. So they were dope. Yeah. Like if you wanted to buy new bolts every time. Yeah. But people were, were like, bummed? yeah, we use our bolts like. Yeah. I was bummed. I was super bummed because I was like, now what? But t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, belts, yeah. all this shit we're selling. Yeah. So they were like, dude, you have to just make regular bolts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just did exactly like any other bolt company and made the regular bolts. Yeah. And now Diamond was just regular bolts with... With clothes. Clothes. Yeah. So... Interesting. Man. I didn't even realize that. I didn't realize... Yeah. I also didn't realize how short-lived the double... Allen wrench bolts work because in yeah. my head, like well, in my the, head, you still make them. Well, the thing is, why we had them for so long is that I thought they were going to murder the game, and I ordered twenty thousand ah. packs of bolts. So yep. we had them for a long time. Yeah. Um, so you just slowly sold out of slowly them. Slowly sold them. Yeah. And then that was it. Yeah. Um, from there, you know, the t-shirts were all hype. People were all stoked on the t-shirts. Um, the guys at Nike at the time were really hyped on it. Yeah. Um, Hunter. Hunter from Nike SB was a huge diamond fan just from the t-shirts and hats. So yeah. when it came time, they wanted to do the team manager series for Nike SB in 2005. Is that what the original dunk was? Yeah, it was a team manager series. So I had a shoe. Mickey Ray's had a shoe from Real and um guy from Stussy. And that was, was the Tiffany dunk? The Tiffany dunk that's was crazy. the team manager it's series. It's crazy that that's, it's so remembered not that once again no no diss to any of those guys but like i don't remember what those ones look like the tiffany dunk is a really famous nike dunk you know what i mean for for whatever reason that colorway that whatever just exploded what happened is um my girlfriend at the time i bought her something from tiffany's yeah um i never bought something in tiffany's in my life yeah it was like a little silver fuck it because the t's are selling yeah (laughs) so um I bought well. I bought her something from Tiffany's, and then um, and then I was like, "Damn, that's a sick colorway." I never seen anyone do that on a shirt or anything before. Yeah. So then I started printing the diamond logo shirt, diamond supply co, in the Tiffany color. Yeah. Um, so then when the time came that um, they wanted to do girl skateboards, this is how it actually happened: is they wanted to do a girl skateboards collab, but Rick and Mike were like against Nike at the time. They're like, "Oh, Nike, you know, fuck that! Like they're gonna take over skateboarding yeah. and." corporate shit whatever all the skaters were like that a lot of them at the time yeah so um how nuts so i was sat in the office with sam Smythe, and um he's like dude help me design some shoes for girls just to send it back to them and see what they say and i was like cool well, let's do a diamond one too yeah and just send it to him and he's like for all right. nike to nike yeah so he comes up with as you um, snuck it in i snuck it in damn it so i was like okay so here's the uh gucci colored way he did gucci colored way um black denim green leather with a um, red stripe and they're called the the um resins yeah which is his tagger name yeah was resin r-e-s-n um and i was like dude let's do the fucking tiffany colorway like the shirt that i'm doing and make it like Tiffany colorway dunk. Yeah. So we sent it to them. First sample, I mean, then um, he sent it to them, and they were like, holy shit, this fucking diamond one is crazy. Yeah. And it had the diamond on the tongue and all that shit. Yeah. Um, so they're like, this is crazy. Um, 
Well, Rick and Mike didn't really want to do the girl one, so they're like, let's just do the fucking diamond one. That's crazy. So they sent back one sample um, without the materials that it was. It was yep. just the colorway. And then I was like, fuck, let's do crocodile. I've never seen it on a shoe before, so I was like, let's do the fucking black crocodile on the toe. Let's just make it crazy silver swoosh. Yeah. Make it look like some real like high-end Tiffany Co. type of shit. Yeah. And um, and this is when dunks were like huge, right? It was right when they were starting to blow up. Got it. So did yeah. you feel like this is about to be fucking massive, or did you not really know when how I, big it was? When would the be? sample came back yeah. of the, um, it's so funny. When the sample, when the second sample came back, was the perfect sample, and yeah. it was the with the crocodile and the silver swoosh and the the Tiffany color. As soon as I pulled it out of the box, I started laughing. Yeah, because it looked that sick. Yeah, I was like, no fucking way. I like couldn't stop laughing because I was that excited about it. Yeah, I was like, everyone's gonna freak the fuck out over this thing, and they did. Um, it was crazy. I like crazy. I had um, Andy Mueller. He uh, took a picture of me holding the shoe. Um, I think you posted that, right? Yeah, and I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. But I was like, the shoe's sick. I'm going to show all my fans on um, MySpace. Was that the sample? Yeah. MySpace. Shout out to yeah. MySpace. Shout out to MySpace. <laughs> yeah. I posted it on there. I didn't know shit about um, sneaker culture, except I was a sneaker collector. Like, yeah. I had Jordans. and I was super into sneakers, like, my whole life. Yeah. But I was never, like, internet on the blogs and shit yep. that much. And so um, that just blew up. Yeah, I went to my friend's store called Kendo. Arson from Hall of Fame used to have a store with Vlad called Kendo on Melrose. It was yeah. a women's shoe store. And I went there after work the day that I posted them on the internet. I went there after work and he's like, holy fuck, dude, what's up with that shoe? And I was like, oh, you saw it? And he's like, dude, it's on like every website in the world. And oh, I'm like, man. it is? And he showed me and it was like thousands of comments on like Soul Collector and fucking yeah. whatever, Nike Talk. Everyone's flipping out over the shoe. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck, this and is did, crazy. Did you feel like everyone knew what Diamond was at that point? No, they yeah, didn't. Okay. Okay. And that's what really propelled us into that market. Yep, yep. Because we were skate. And even though um, we were strictly skate, the t-shirts, yes, people were coming in that weren't skaters and buying it because, you know, Diamond and whatever. And I guess my designs were kind of wild back yeah. then. Like, you know, I was like, like making crazy shit yeah yeah people weren't usually making and skate like yep. everyone had like little logos back then and i was doing like these big crazy things yeah it was new and different um and people were like dude like when i was making them at girl even um people were tripping on my graphics like yo that shit's crazy like is that gonna sell and i'm like i don't know let's fucking go for it but yeah. people were into it and you were doing most of the graphics right yeah i was doing all of them and you I, just taught yourself how to do that and yeah that's, i did so all the graphics for the first 10 years that's crazy. Yeah. And that was just own. at your little desk at girl. Yeah. Nuts. My little desk at girl. Yeah. So from there, um, that's when mainstream people started hearing about Diamond 2005. And was that all like hype leading up to the release or is this post shoe release? Um, this was hype leading up. Yeah. Is people were like, Diamond Supply Co, Diamond Supply Co. Then our shit were, I, you know, I was dropping shit at Supreme and there's lines. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. From my t-shirts at Supreme. And I was like, this is crazy because yeah. before we had our store. Um, I was selling like the Tiffany colorway shirts and fucking sell out. And, yeah. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. Um, I didn't know shit about streetwear. Yeah. Except that um, I was intrigued by it. This is how I got into the whole streetwear scene was because I was so intrigued by Andy Mueller at um, Girl Skateboards. Uh -huh. He was art director for Lakai. He had yep. the brand Quiet Life. 
Okay. Um, which he's still doing now, and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then Mike Leone was there, and he had a brand called Commonwealth Stacks. Yeah. And they would sell it online. I knew nothing about this shit. This is in two, in, from 2000. When I first came to um, L.A., they had T-shirt brands yeah. back then in 2000. So from 2000 to 2005, I was so intrigued by these guys. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I sell my shirts for like $30 yeah. online. And people buy them. I'm like, who buys it? Yeah. Like, just people. They like buy it online. <laughs> and I'm kids, like, they what just the fuck? Up. And they made all these cool like artsy T-shirts and they'd sell them. And that was like my first introduction to yeah. streetwear. Yeah. Um, so I would always trip on that and I was selling my shirts for $25, you know, at and did you have a, inter- you didn't have an online store at the time, right? Nah, yeah. nah, not at all. So, um, they had Crail tap, but they wouldn't really mm-hmm. sell that much shit. Yeah. Um, so then after the Tiffany, you know, the dunk, well, it was called the diamond dunk, but obviously because of the colorway, people called it the Tiffany. How'd that release go? Like, did it, they the give release you... was fucking insane. But like, where did you sell it? Or like, how many pairs did they give you to distribute? Or how um, did that work? They didn't give me any. They gave me 22 pairs of shoes. For yourself? For myself. And then they distributed it all? Yeah, they distributed. They made 5,000 pairs. Crazy. And they sold it. Um, like, each store got, like, 20 pairs. Some got 12 pairs. Got it. Um, but it was probably one of the craziest releases of all time. And there what were like you doing? Did you, like, shit. go to stores during? What did you do, like, the release day? I went to Undefeated for yeah. their release. And there's lines. In Santa and- Monica. And then I went to um, Brooklyn Project's release. Yeah. yeah, crazy lines, like insane. And then I was like looking at the internet after, and like in Asia and all these places, like riots over the shoes and all shit. And I was like, this is crazy. And then were they? They were like obviously reselling and shit then too. Yeah. So then the resale was super high. So I mean that really propelled us into the streetwear world um, and just mainstream because yeah. people didn't really know about diamond. And that's how I started connecting with brands. Yeah. In like streetwear in 2006, a year after that, I was like, you know, because I was still self funding all my stuff at Girl. And I was like, well, if I'm self funding it, I might as well just do it on my own. Yeah. Are you still in the corner at Girl? No. Oh, at this time? Yes. No, not in the corner. (laughs) I actually moved up to a. A little normal cubicle. Desk. Okay, thing. okay, okay. Yeah, so I had a cubicle. At so this that point. blows up. You're still funny the thing, and you're like, you know what? I should just do this myself. Yeah, got it. So I left. Me and Greg Carroll. He was man. He was um, the manager at Girl at the time, and we left and started our own distribution called Empire. Got it. And um, is that when you opened the store? Or it was after that. No, after. Okay. Um, it didn't work out with me and Greg doing Empire. Yeah. So I bounced again. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just gonna do this shit all on my own. Yeah. So I did. So I left, um, and I didn't have any money, uh-huh. but I was doing it. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's so, so I was crazy. doing it. Um, but during the time of Empires, I think in 2000, and I forget what year, but we opened the Diamond Store. Got it. Um, I opened the Diamond Store in Fairfax. It was a, Originally, it was going to be a hat store. I was going to make hats. Just diamond I mean, just hats or all hats. kinds of no, hats? No, all kinds of hats, kind of mm. like how Hall of Fame did. Yep. That was why I got the storefront. I was like, I'm going to start a hat store. I wasn't thinking diamond store. Yeah. Um, and did you start other brands under when you were with Empire? Yeah, I did um, Fillmore Wheels. Yep. I started that at Girl. Gotcha. So we had Fillmore Wheels and and um, Diamond. Okay. So I was going to open this hat store, and then Arson from Hall of Fame and Greg 
from Hall of Fame, they they came to see the store and they're like, dude, we're opening a hat store down the street. Yeah. Same fucking idea. And I was like, that's crazy. And I was like, yeah, I was going to sell all these limited edition hats and that was it, like fitteds and whatever else. And I was like, well, what the fuck am I going to do with my space? Why don't we yeah. partner up? I was actually, oh, and I was going to, and then I talked to the guys at Fitted Hawaii. There's a hat store called Fitted yeah. from Hawaii and they were going to do with me. But then I was like, if they're going to open there, what am I going to do? Fuck it, I'm just going to sell diamond shit out of here. Yeah. My rent was cheap. So I was like, I'm just going to sell oh, diamond nuts. stuff out of here. See what happens. Yeah. Um, I like opened the store. It was opening day? like Opening day of the store, and I had no idea. There was like a thousand kids outside. <laughs> and you're like, what A line fuck? all the way down the block. Yeah. I didn't even have enough merchandise to sell anyone. Jesus Christ. It was crazy. Was Who like, was fuck. there then? Was that like the hundreds? Who was there already? Um... I got the store first. I was the first one to actually get it. Yeah. But then um, the hundred, well, the hundreds had their office there. Got it. On Rosewood. Yeah, yeah they had their offices so, there. So that's before Fairfax was even Fairfax. Yeah. yeah. You just chose there the was, street. Um, there was Diamond. Yeah. Um, when I opened, there was Diamond. And then um, during the time I was opening, Sal opened his store, SLB, on yep. the corner. Yeah. And then um, Flight Club opened next to us. Yeah. Um, so, so now, there, were, now there was, yeah, and the hundreds opened their store. So we all opened simultaneously. There was Hall of Fame, Diamond, SLB, Hundreds, and Flight Club. And did you have any and idea Supreme. then, like, we're creating? Because Supreme was there first. Oh, yeah, Supreme. Supreme has always been there. So did you feel like this is going to be like the streetwear Rodeo Drive? Or at the time, you're like, you didn't think anything of it? Didn't think, anything, think of it because it was just our friends yeah. and our stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we weren't even tripping. Got it. Um, so opening day, fucking, there's a line around the block, and you're like... Yeah, insane. So were you like, okay, this is, I got something here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Then um, I started doing collaborations with all my friends' brands, because then I met, you know, Bobby Hundreds. Yeah. Um, so who are some of the early... You Bobby did Hundreds. Bobby Hundreds was a fan. He told me, like, when I met him. Yeah. He was, I actually bought one of their shirts before. I bought this sh um, shirt from um, Brooklyn Projects. I knew, I didn't know who the Hundreds were, but it, it just said, hip-hop is dead. Yeah. On the front and on the back, it had a bunch of dead rappers pictures on the back yeah, I, I thought that was that. really cool yeah but i didn't know what the hundreds were so then when i met him i was like dude i bought one of your shirts that's crazy and he's like dude i'm a huge diamond fan i have the tiffany dunks all this stuff so we became friends and then we did a collaboration um and then i met the crooks and castles guys at yep. the party um i actually met emil before crooks and castles um and bj I met them a few years before they started Crooks and Castles in San Diego. Yeah. Um, so each time you did one of these collabs, was there like another huge line outside the thing, outside yeah, the store? Yeah. So they were fans of Diamond too from back in the day. So yeah. we just became friends. So I do Crooks and Castles collab. And then, yeah, whenever we do these collabs, it'd be crazy lines. We start selling our shit online. It'd sell out. And this was kind of like the beginning of that whole streetwear wave. Yeah. And what was the marketing? MySpace and... At Only the store? Online. Yeah. yeah. Online marketing That's back crazy. then. So this is um, 2000 and, you know, 2007, 2008, 2009, yep. around then. Yeah, so we just, that was like the time of collaborations. Everyone just started doing all these crazy collaborations. Yeah. That's and that nuts. was the shit. And kind of that era of streetwear was born on Fairfax. Even though, you know, New York had a lot of streetwear brands. There's 10 Deep, um, anything. Um, Supreme, of course, they've always been, you know, the ones. Yeah, they're like, yeah. They're like the kings of that shit. Um, so at that point, you're just 
I wasn't collab, thinking collab, 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 but yeah. just like it's just. I wasn't thinking diamond streetwear brand. I'm thinking diamond skate brand, but let's do some collaborations with streetwear. Yeah. And um, because we're all homies, and diamond wasn't necessarily designed as people would say skate companies stuff looked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in my mind, I was always like, because people would say that, like, oh, it doesn't even look like a fucking skate shirt. It's like, what's a skate shirt? Look like? Yeah. But it's just your design it's style was a little it different. It could be anything. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, skaters dress all kinds of ways. Yeah. Even when I was a little kid, I was a little punk rocker at first. But, you know, some of my other homies were, like, kind of like surfer dudes. And then some of the other ones, you know, yeah. were, like, all into, you know, Easy e and shit. Yeah, and they yeah, dressed yeah. like gangsters. But then we all skateboarded. So what's a skater look like? Yeah. yeah that was yeah. always my mind when people would say, oh, they don't look like a skater. It's like, what's a skater look like? You're yeah. on a skateboard. You wear anything. Yeah, yeah. So... I, that's how I thought about Diamond. I was just designing random ass shit, and I think that's what helped us. That's what blew us up. One hundred percent. I agree. Like, I mean, that's what shit made was it. just random as yeah. fuck. Yeah. And people be like, "That's crazy," but yeah. it's cool. That's nuts. Was the next step the bigger store on Fairfax, or did you? When did you open? Okay, so in comparison, I know you opened a bigger store on Fairfax. This is your third store on Fairfax. Third, yeah. Jesus. Okay, so the second store on Fairfax, and then also the San Francisco and New York. How did that go in in line with each well, other? Well, the first store was super small, and we grew out of that. So I moved to a second location um, on Fairfax, bigger store. It used to be the it was the A Life store prior, yeah. and then they moved out, and we took it over. Um, grew out of that. There was nowhere to put product. That's where our collab party was, right? Yeah. Store so then. Two. Obviously, my whole thing was collab with friends. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We would only collab with our homies' companies. People yeah. Like, um, it wasn't like, you know, people would hit us up all the time, like random brands, like, let's do a collab. But it's like, I don't know you, but, yeah. you know, obviously yeah. we've known each other for years. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, we did a full episode about my collab with Nick. Yeah. What's funny is because we did that anyway. So it was right when I launched Young and Reckless. I was, we were doing it anyway. And I was just wearing this shit on the show. And then Rob and the producers came to me and was like, because I started having flyers or whatever. Yeah, that's for right. The you were party. always wearing Diamond on the show. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, of course. That helped as well. Yes. Yeah, so then so then we did the collab. I was wearing that on the show. Then I remember I had a flyer, one of the first flyers for the party. And they came to me and were like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing a collab with Diamond. They're like, what the fuck? Why don't we do an episode about that? So that's when we last minute got Ocho Cinco and ended up doing yeah. all this random shit. And then we came and did the party with Ocho Cinco at the at the store, but that was crazy. That was a huge. That was our first. I have a photo of you, me, Rob, Ocho Cinco, Chanel. And Chanel. Yeah, yeah, and that was my first like real collab with Young and Reckless. You know what I mean? That was like the first big, yeah, you know, kind of launch for that. Um, and that killed it. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, we have photos of little Bieber wearing that shit. Yeah, I remember. Bieber I was like, was what the fuck? It. A lot of people were rocking yeah, it. Yeah, that was like our first Bieber hit. I was like, what? Zac Efron. Yeah, he was rocking it. So like funny. all these celebrities and shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, you know, drama's fucking. Famous, so. <laughs> Stop it. He's got all these famous people wearing the shit. Um. So, so <laughs> you go. So then was the third store before the San Francisco store? Um. Or kind of all in the maybe. same time. What happened was, yeah. So we grew out of that. Um. We grew out of both those stores. Maybe San no San Francisco happened after. I opened a third store, um, but right after the third store opened, the third store is huge. You've been there; it's yeah. massive. Um, so we opened the third store, and then we opened San Francisco. Yeah, and then New York. New York and New York yeah. Soho, right? Yeah, that's crazy. It's on the same block as Supreme. Didn't you have that lease forever? 
We had it for almost two years. Yeah, that's before crazy. Because you just knew you wanted to be there. Yeah. And you found a space. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fucking mad expensive. Too. Yeah, no shit. Um, and then, so I remember too, like you were doing, you got to the point where you were doing, you were doing big collabs with like Wiz Khalifa and Rick Ross. And yeah, that shit really helped. Because, um, you know, we were like doing the whole streetwear shit. People didn't really know about streetwear stuff yet. Yeah. Um, Currency was a fan. I knew Currency through Terry Kennedy. Yeah. When, um, you know, Terry Kennedy, did he have Fly Society yet? I think that's right when it was. Okay. Like so, right in the early day. Or maybe it was either the beginning of it or the end of it is when Terry and Currency were always together. Yeah. yeah. So me and Currency became homies. Yeah. Um, we became good friends. And then we decided to do a collab. Um, that shit fucking blew up. Currency's the man. Yeah. Shit life. Um, then through Currency, I met Wiz Khalifa. I met Wiz in um, South by Southwest. Yep. I didn't really know who he was, except, you know, I've seen a couple of his videos on, you know, online. Yep. Um, was that like Black and Yellow days or right before? Before Black and Yellow. Yeah. So it was before Black and Yellow. Um, he, uh, mad cool. I met him. And when I met him, he was actually wearing a diamond sweatshirt. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I went to his show. That's the best shit ever. Yeah, I went to his show at, um, in South by Southwest, and he was rocking a diamond hoodie. I still have a picture of him. I took a picture of him from the first time I met him. Yeah. He just randomly was rocking a diamond hoodie, and I met him. And then um, about almost a year later, we did a collab with him. And randomly, the design that I came up with for Wiz Khalifa was... I took the Pittsburgh because he's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I took the P Pittsburgh P and turned it upside down so it makes a lowercase oh, yeah, D. Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge and, thing now, right? The, yeah, and, yeah. And then I did the stripe. No, we already did the unpolo. Unpolo, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but yeah. so I did the same concept with the Pittsburgh. Flipped it upside down, put it on a shirt. We did a release for him at the store. It was insane. I didn't realize how popular he was with the underground yeah. kids. That was the perfect timing for him, too. Perfect, because right when the collab came out, yeah. um, I think it was three weeks later, I didn't even know the song existed. The shirts we made, I made yellow shirts, black and yellow shirts. Yeah. Everything was black and yellow. He comes out with the song three weeks later, black and yellow. And explodes. Explodes. He makes the video black and yellow and they're all wearing the collab yeah so if you watch the black and yellow Wiz Khalifa video they're all wearing the diamond yeah, collab shirts that. in the video this is perfect timing and yeah it wasn't even planned like that that's incredible so it's like black and yellow and they're all rocking the shit his mom's even in it rocking the shirt <laughs> so it was really tight so um currency and Wiz really helped propel diamond outside of skate streetwear and now into urban yeah. yep you know um music shit like that and we also i was fucking with rick ross a lot because he um came to the diamond store yeah and i wasn't there the first time he came but um the story is is that he walked into the diamond store coolest motherfucker ever rick ross love this guy uh -huh. okay he comes into the diamond store this is before um what was the album I don't know, it was years ago, 2008 maybe. Not Port of Miami, right? Uh, after that? After that. Yeah. Uh, it was right after, it was his next one. I don't remember. Anyway, he comes into the diamond store, and um, the guys in the store said he's looking through the shirts. He's like, yeah, I got this, I got this. Like, he was a diamond fan. Yeah. But I didn't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. You know? But yeah. he's like, all I knew was hustling, you know? Yep. So, yep. Um, 
which was huge. But he's like, oh, I got this shirt, I got that shirt. So he was already saying he had all these shirts. Oh, I don't have this colorway, whatever. And they were tripping on him like Rick Ross fucking. Like, and are they like calling you like, yo, Rick Ross and is in here I, fucking. And then they're like, yeah. And then he ordered us all these chicken wings and shit. And he hung uh-huh. out in the store for like two hours and just talked to us. And wow. we ate chicken with them and shit. And that's like and the like, height of his stardom. Before it. Really? Before he really. But really after hustling, after but not hustling. like. Yeah, yeah okay, when he was okay. first on the come up. Yeah. And I was like, that's a cool motherfucker. That's crazy. Yeah. So then finally I met him and um, and his whole crew. And we all became friends um, from the early days. Yeah. So I was down with Rick Ross and that was pretty crazy. And we did a collab and that shit was Blew pretty out. sick. Yeah. yeah, we did MMG, Maybach Music Group yep. shirts with the palm trees and the hats. Yeah, and that was really dope. What's um, the craziest, like, do you, do you have a, like, craziest person to ever walk in the diamond store moment? A crazy one was um, Obama's daughter. Oh, yeah. She came in. They had Secret Service and everything. She came rolling in and bought some diamond shit. Were you there for that? Nah. Man. <laughs> Did they, like, send, like, an advanced team? Or what? they just walk in? Um... You know what I mean? Like, is there, like, some weird guys in suits come, like, sweep the store? I guess a bunch of, like, Secret Service people standing across the streets and all over Fairfax, and she went in there and, like, bought some shit. And were the kids in the store tripping? Yeah, totally. Man. And she just Uh, was a fan and just wanted to get some shit. Yeah. But a lot of people would come in there. It was weird. Yeah. Um, So the Rick Ross thing, current... Our affiliation with Rick Ross at the time, Currency, Wiz Khalifa, other people, you know, we did collabs with a bunch of people. Big Sean. Yeah. Everybody when they're on the come up. Yeah. It was always dudes that weren't really like blown up yet. Yeah. Um, we just happened to collab with them right before they blew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you always had good timing. So, yeah, we had really good timing. Yeah. So within that world, fucking Diamond just kind of right after that um, had a lot of hype and I couldn't fund it. Uh-huh. I had no way to pay for making the demand that we had. Yeah. So um, So what'd you do at that point? Um, I was about to go bankrupt. I didn't have shit. Really? After yeah. all that? Yeah, because I couldn't crazy. afford to make anything. It's crazy how that works. Like Kids see that and think, like, man, he must be just rolling in the dough. Yeah. But so, sometimes those moments are like the craziest. Yeah, so this print company saved my life. Um, I went to this printer. Um, I went to a printer through the guys from DVS because now we've started uh, making DVS. Um, we did DVS collaboration shoes. Yep. We did Lakai collaboration shoes. I talked to Rick Howard, I mean um, to uh, Tim Gavin at DVS and he was like, let's make diamond shoes. Yep. Diamonds fucking killing the game. Um, let's make some diamond shoes. So through him, I was like, who does your t-shirt printing? And he hooked me up with this guy, and I was like, hey, man, I can't afford to fucking pay my bills yeah. for T-shirts. I can't make shit. I have this huge demand. Can you make the T-shirts for me? I'll sell them. You guys can collect the money and then pay me so you know that I'm going to pay you. Yeah. And um, he was like, fuck, man, that sounds like a good deal. Yeah. So I'd get all the orders. He'd make it all. Um, he'd collect all the money from the accounts. Yeah. And then he'd pay me. Yeah. And good as deal. soon as he did that... We fucking blew up crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All we had so to do that's when, like, the huge... Yeah, that's it. when that happened. Yep. Um, Were you already in Zoomies at that point? Yeah. 
Got I, I couldn't fulfill but just the barely yeah yeah and then would, that's when like the yeah. PacSun all that stuff came right yeah I was in PacSun I was in PacSun for years I was in Zoomies is one of my first accounts too I was in Zoomies since the beginning oh got it but, but he was just able to level. like credit it and put it way yeah, over yeah like I was yeah. in there yeah. from the very beginning of Diamond I've been in Zoomies selling bolts and maybe t-shirt here and there but no one knew what it was it was stuffed in the corner yeah in the back um same with PacSun PacSun I was there for shit like almost 10 years or something before we blew up yeah um so that's when the diamond explosion happened is Got when it. i could supply the demand yep so as soon as i supplied the demand diamond exploded and then everyone's like holy shit this thing's everywhere yeah what year was that like 2013 or 14 maybe 2012 oh 12 okay okay yeah 2012 yeah i just remember there being this i the way i remember watching it is like you guys were like this solidified streetwear thing then you were killing it with sort of the Wiz Khalifa Rick Ross like in that phase and then it just exploded yeah. and it was like holy fuck like it was like yeah because we supplied the demand yeah Zoomies would put in an order and we supplied it and they were like holy fuck we got the whole order so yeah. then they'd order like double the next time yeah and then and it's selling out and then it would sell out and then they ordered triple and the next thing you know you'd walk into Zoomies and Pax and they both looked like the diamond store yeah I remember that man. it was like I, yeah. it was just diamond you'd walk in it was like diamond the on the walls front, diamond everything. on all the tables yeah. diamond everything yeah it was crazy um, and all the skate shops were like every store during yeah. those years was just diamond everywhere yeah. it was fucked um, that's insane that's so yeah. dope though like it was really a at that moment it was a perfect storm of those things coming together which just catapulted now yeah. everyone knows what it is yeah. your fucking your Instagram has, how many followers do you have on Instagram um, I don't know like seven something. that's nuts just for yeah, like the fucking you're the owner of Diamond like that did that all happen really quickly too not that I'm not trying yeah. to put too much uh, it did. Yeah, power Diamond, on Instagram Diamond but like up, you became yeah, like famous became for who, know who I was yeah and even when I started this podcast a lot of kids were like interview Nikki Diamonds like everyone oh, knows dope. now yeah it's cool like the way that perfect storm happened to that explosion is really interesting yeah so um basically that's that's what it was we stayed skate the whole time um yep. we always just focused on skate but yeah from doing certain collaborations with people it kind of took us to different worlds yeah. starting from the nike to the hundreds to crooks to yeah you know whoever else we did to you yeah to um and i noticed now you do a lot of you're like doubling down on skate you know what I mean? Like keeping your roots of sponsoring Street League and of making yeah. sure you're skate building skate parks. What's the thing you do with the building skate parks? Um, well, we've built the one with Street League. Um, yep. Oh, was Hazard, that the one? Hazard Park. Got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, Diamond yeah. Skate Plaza. Yep. We did Where's that. Where's that at? Um, it's at Hazard Park in um, East LA. Got it. It's kind of in a bad neighborhood, but that's where we wanted it to be. You yep. know. Are you going to do more of those or no? Get more. Um, we've talked about it, but we haven't done it. We have our own park. Yeah. We have the bowl at the Diamond Warehouse, yep. and we do the Thrasher contest there every year. Yep. Um, that looked insane this year, by the way. Yeah. Those things just look so dangerous. Dude, they're insane. Not to, not to be like a but pussy about fifth, it, but they just like... The annual Diamond Times Thrasher yeah. skate contest was really cool. Yeah. Um, footwear now. Um, we've been doing footwear for five years, but last year, last year we just launched our skate footwear because when we first started doing the footwear... Um, we were doing it out of DVS, yep. and I was like, I want to make lifestyle footwear because I don't want to compete with the shoe companies that all of our friends skated for. Yep. I thought it'd be kind of weird. Um, at first, DVS went bankrupt, and yep. I was like, well, I'm not going to let our shoes just fall to the wayside. So then I started making our own shoes, yep. hired the main designers from DVS, 
mm-hmm. to come aboard. And um, you just put together like the official skate team <clears throat> relatively recently, right? Yeah, it's been a year. Got it. So we just dropped. Um, I own Grizzly Grip Tape with Tori Pudwell. When and, did that start? And uh, Sean Apgar. It started. Um, Tori has been doing it since he was a kid. Got it. That was his whole thing. Is that he, um, Tori Pudwell was. Um, he made a little metal punch out um, bear yep. and he was punching out the bear in grip tape when he was like 12 years old That's funny. and he was selling it to like kids at the skate park and local skate shops and stuff like that um, he was doing it for years super small I thought it was like years later um, I forgot what year it was but it was at least five years or more ago yeah um, I seen him at of all places at a um, Dre Dog Andre Nicotina concert uh-huh. here at um that place that's right down the street from your office, the El, yeah, the, what's it is called? Is that El Rey? No, El Rey. Yeah, El Rey yeah, Theater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I seen Tori there, and I was like, hey, man, I fucking love that bear logo that you have. I think it's really sick. And I was like, do you think you'd want to do it with Diamond? I'll help you do it. And he yeah. was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. So, um, and he was skating for Diamond at the time. Yep. So um, that's how that happened. That's crazy. Now there's a Grizzly there. store on La Brea. Yeah, now we have a Grizzly store on yeah. La Brea. That's dope. Um, Grizzly's killing it. I would say it's the number one grip tape company. Yeah. Um, everywhere I go, I just see kids with Grizzly grip tape. Yeah, I agree. It's funny. I was watching a movie last night, some random movie, and the guy um, handed his kid a skateboard, and it was Grizzly grip tape. That's funny. I was like, the oh, kids love Tori too. Yeah, Tori just has like some sort of yeah. Yeah. So Tori, um, his contract was gonna well, you know, DVS was having a lot of problems. His contract was gonna be over with DVS. So I remember I was in Japan, um, and he called me, and I was in my hotel room, and we just started talking. I was like, dude, fucking, why don't we just make diamond skate shoes? We're already making shoes. We we know what we're doing. We've been yeah. doing this for years. We have great factories. We have great designers. Um, he was with it. He was like, fuck yeah, let's just, I'll have my own pro diamond shoe. Yeah. And um, I talked that day, too. He put me on the phone with his manager. We talked about it. Took maybe you know four or five months to get everything dialed in, but then um, we did that. We got um, so we got him on the team. Who else is on it? Beeble. It's um, Tori Pudwell, Brandon Beeble, um, Jamie Foy, um, Boo Johnson, Nick Tucker. That's crazy. Um, actually, before th- this is how it happened: is that Tori? I mean, Nick Tucker came to us. And he was like, hey, man, do you think I, I really like the diamond shoes? Why don't I be like the uh, brand ambassador and I'll rock diamond shoes and I'll skate them? Uh-huh. And I was like, dope. So I was like, that's a good idea. So we'll pay you some money because he was already you know, skating for someone else. Yeah. I was like, we'll pay you a little bit of money. Um, you'll be you know, our guy. So as soon as that happened, that's when me and Tori had the conversation after. Got it. it started from Nick Tucker. Got it. Yeah. That's crazy. So then now we got a full skate team. Yeah. Who Johnson has his own shoe coming out. Beeble has his own shoe out. Tori has his own shoe out. Yeah. It's pretty I've, sick, I've really man. seen the commercials are like the main thing that sticks out to me. Like they're just all really well done. Yeah. And like just really solid and kind of the way you introduced it was really made an impact. You know what I mean? Like I saw that. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um so I'm really stoked on that, just being, you know, sneakerhead ever since I was a kid. Yeah. To, um, Do you help you know, design be, any shoes? Yeah. I help design um, some of the shoes. But um, just from being a kid and then being so into footwear 
and then doing the collaboration with Nike. You know, now we're doing collaborations with DVS, Lakai, Asics. Um, yeah, yeah. We have a shoe coming out with Puma this at the end of this month. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing to be making shoes with other companies, and now we have our own footwear that's actually doing really well. Yeah. And it's well received, and it's really hard in this market because everyone's wearing Adidas, Nikes, Converse. Yeah, you know, like skate shoes. It's like really hard. Vans obviously is killing the game always. Yeah, it's hard right now. It's hard in general. I think shoes, especially. I mean, you know better than I do, but like with ordering the sizes and the minimums and the molds and the yeah, for shops it's really hard. Yeah, especially you know, like kids are buying Nikes. So for us to be doing well with diamond footwear, skate footwear in this market, it's like. A dream. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, I can't believe it. That's dope. But thanks to our skate team. Because, yeah. you know, everyone on our team's really rad and they, the kids like them all. Yeah. A lot. And, and they're all friends. Like, it's such yeah. a real thing. It's a real, yeah. it's a real crew. They're yeah. all friends. And our shoes are really good. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. They're fucking great. Yeah. They're great skate shoes. So, um, What about the challenges of retail getting hammered and all the weird shit? E com being kind of the new thing and Amazon taking over and. As far as like where you see things going for clothing in general, for streetwear, for, you know, what at least or how, how do you guys plan to kind of adjust and keep that moving forward? Uh, well, obviously, online is the future. Yeah. Um, I still believe in the skate shop. Mm-hmm. I still believe in, you know, because at the end of the day, we're a skate company and we've always been focused on core skate. Yeah. Um, the streetwear stores are kind of dead mm-hmm. um, because kids just want to buy that shit online. But when it comes to skate products, kids want to go in and look at the board. Yeah. So I think the skate shops will always be there. They want to look at the shape of the board. I don't know. Just the, It's like a hangout, a skate shop. Yeah. So I think skate shops will always exist, and that's where we'll exist in retail is in skate. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, malls aren't going anywhere. Yeah. So... Um, there's always the Zoomies and the Paxons and the Tillies and those types of people. Um, but as of right now, I mean, obviously online is the wave for brands that aren't really skate. Yeah. Um, they could just sell their shit online and it's amazing. Like there's a lot of new brands right now that all they do is they don't do any retail. They're yeah. kind of following the Supreme. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, how Supreme does it, how they only sell at their own stores that they have but then online mm-hmm. they don't sell to any retailers they used to back in the day but they ended that so everyone's following that and a lot of the brands are killing it yep. i think it's great i think it's i think it's cool I, I like that it's like a new wave right now of all these young brands yeah. um i think diamond will always has its place we're kind of like a heritage brand we're it's crazy that this year well 2017 coming up is going to be 19 years of diamond yeah, that's insane and 2018 will be 20 year anniversary. What are you gonna do for 20 year anniversary? Fuck man, you a gotta lot. do something crazy. Yeah, we are. Um, That's insane for any yeah. company to last 20 years. Is yeah, insane. 20 years and still be. You know, I feel like yeah. You know, we've had our ups and downs, and we've had our hype moments, and you know, all this crazy stuff has happened with Diamond over the years, and to still be here, still cranking, still doing, you know, still just having fun making dope gear. Making yeah, for our 20 skate years. products. It's been 20 years. It flew by super fast. Yeah. 
that's but, I mean, insane. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, that's great. That's amazing. And you pulled up in a Ferrari. Yeah. Drop top 480. Well, thanks. So final thing. This is the last thing I always do. Uh, I'm, I renamed it moving forward, but I, I'm going to call it note to self, right? And it's if you ran into your teenage self right now and you could give yourself any advice now after 20 years of Diamond, after all the shit you've been through, what would you tell young Nicky Diamonds um, to get him going? I don't want to sound negative, yep. but... <laughs> Don't be too trusting in people. Yeah. That's like That's a the main big one? thing. I think so. Yeah. Like, do shit for yourself and don't trust other people and don't expect other people to help you. Yeah. You need to, like, just focus on yourself and doing shit yourself. And if people want to help you along the way, that's great. I mean, everyone's always said that. Like, if you want to do something right, do it you yourself. Do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. So no, I agree. I've learned I that it. over the years. Yeah. For sure. 100%. Um, and especially when you have success and you have a lot of reasons not to trust people when those yeah. things start coming. You know what I mean? It's easy when you're selling a couple t-shirts out of your trunk, but when shit gets real, yeah. people start to act a little Money crazy. Money changes people. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Um, people stayed, always say it doesn't necessarily change you. It yeah. changes the people around you sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. You know, people, exactly. That's yep. exactly what it is. It yep. doesn't change you. It changes the people around you. Yeah, yeah, For yeah. sure. That's good advice. And you know what? I never really heard anyone say that like yeah. that, but that's a good one. There it because is. Because that's true. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anything final drops? Where to people to to reach you? Where what's coming up? Uh, that's any of that stuff. Um, lots of new stuff. Like I said, at the end of this month, we have this really dope collab with um, Puma coming. We have three different shoes, uh, four different shoes dropping actually, with Puma. Um, Lots of new diamond footwear, lots of new diamond supply co gear. Um, I have a new brand with a friend um, that we're starting. Nice. I don't really want to say who it is as of right now, but yeah. it's a whole new brand Dope. that we're dropping. Um, just a lot of stuff, man. I can't even like yep. think about it. We, you know, we work diamond seasons. We're you know designing 2018 already, so it's crazy to. Um, a lot of brands these days, I think, are fast fashion. Yep. Like all the online people can be fast fashion. They make their shit and sell oh, it. Oh yeah, right away. Like yeah. right away. Yep. Us because we sell to all the stores. All the stuff we designed yep. was designed almost two years ago. Yeah. It's hard, and a lot of the stores are still on the old calendar. But you're trying yeah. to be on the new calendar. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. I get that, obviously. Yeah. So. What about social media? Tell them shit. all the Instagram, Snapchat. My Instagram is um, at Nikki Diamonds, and my Snapchat is Nikki underscore Diamante. Um, Facebook is Diamond Supply Co. And I think that's about it. There it is. Thanks for coming in, man. I appreciate you doing this with me. Right on, man. It's going to be you. good. So tomorrow it'll drop. Cool. Do we know the answer yet on who won the goddamn? No, but Florida's tied. Just so everyone knows, we're sitting here, and in the background, they're counting up all the votes for the presidency. So. We'll see. By the time this airs, we'll all know. All right, there it was. I appreciate it. I hope everyone loved it. Um, as always, please go to iTunes. Leave me some positive feedback. Let me know what you think. Let me know who you'd like to see next. Let me know your favorite episode. Let me know everything. I constantly am reading the feedback, and the feedback is uh, helping the episode on the iTunes charts and helping me stay on the new and noteworthy and really helping listens for the episodes. So um, please go leave me some feedback. 
Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Drama Drama, Instagram Drama. Let me know who you'd like to hear next, what you liked, what you didn't like. I'm really constantly, like I said, paying attention, trying to make this thing better, trying to give you guys a story that you'd like to hear. And I'm glad to hear that everyone so far is liking it. So hope you like this episode. I will see you again next week.